Hello, and welcome to Should Have Been There Last, a roundtable discussion that meets, uh, it's, well, it's more of a rectangular table, and we meet very sporadically with friends and fans of bands to look over uh, one band's complete discography and debate when they should have hung up their instruments. Today we are joined uh, by a near and dear friend, Matt Francis, who flew in all the way from Los Angeles just to do this recording. Uh, in fact, we weren't even going to do this band <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, this wasn't even on the list. And then he's like, I'm coming into town. Let's record a cursive episode. <laughs> and I it's said... True. We never have anybody who wants to record with yeah, us, yeah, yeah. so... <laughs> Great. Sure, been, we'll just throw it up It's been here. like four, yeah. mo- four or five months since we've done one of these. Um, so anyway... It's good to be here. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, thank you. And thank as you always, me. co-host... Liam Boyle. Hello. Don't say um, last name. I don't. I'm gonna get doxxed. I'll I'll cut that out. Um, so, We're all so, through being cool. <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, we'll get into that band some other time. Uh, so typically, uh, in the two other times that we've done this, we sort of start with your relationship with the yeah, band. why cursive? And so, like, this is really exciting for me because I was telling Matt the other night. That you too are like instrumental in my knowledge of cursive. Of cursive, right? Because you had given me, I think it was maybe not the band you two. Correct, correct. Okay, not the, the two of us. No. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, you gave me a, a burn CD. You gave me two burn CDs when I was like going off to college. Sounds about right. Yep. And uh, one of them, don't you... forget about me. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> and you had drawn like a really crude, like devil horn, Ugh. like when it had like a studded bracelet on it. Of course it, it did. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I think, and I, I, I meant to like dig this up at my mom's house the other day, but I, I got distracted because I wanted to see what song was actually on it. Yeah. Cause of course you still have that CD. Of course I do. Cataloged but... away by year. Right. And, and so I think also on that was, uh, one of the songs off of sunny day real estate's diary. That's about right. And, all... uh, electric six was on it. Okay. Welcome. Uh, let's go to the gay bar yeah. or whatever yeah. that song is. Gay bar. My sister. Yeah. Um, so, but I, it was either, I want to say art is hard or Driftwood colon a fairy tale. Probably art is hard. Yeah. Or it could have been Driftwood. I had a Pinocchio face too. So <laughs> So so like that that was like my introduction to cursive was like that one song on this CD that I put into my little disc man. Yeah. And like listened to on flights between Boston and DC. And then a little bit later, maybe like a year later, is when Matt and I became really close. Sophomore year. Sophomore years when we became friends. Because um, he sang a My Chemical Romance song to me outside of our dorm. Dope. And I I always thought you were so badass. I was so afraid of you because you were like some tough, mean kid from South Boston. And then... I think that's the only time. Yeah, and, and, then, and then you started talking, and I was like, oh, we're going to be friends. Uh, time out. Let's just never forget the Jim McDevitt lip ring in college. Wow. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. That's all I have to say about that. All right. Uh, we'll be back in How long did that four last? months <laughs> to discuss the lip ring. Should have been your last lip ring. <laughs> uh, it was my last lip ring. That lasted um, no more than like four months, I think. It was like early. $80 well spent. Yeah. It was uh, early junior year. So it was like the fall semester of junior year. 
I got it as part of a scavenger hunt. One of the things on the scavenger hunt list was to go to a tattoo parlor and get a tattoo or a piercing. <laughs> what kind of scavenger hunt was this? I don't know. I think it was Catholic sanctioned, which seems weird. Yeah. Um, but That's like getting a blue star on. tattooed on your arm. Right. God. Which Matt has. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so I went and, and I got a lip ring. And the very first day I like hooked it with a fork in the, in the dining room, the dining Jeez. hall. Um, but That's I, a pro move. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I took it out. I took it out a few months later. I had a funeral to go to, and then I never put it back in, and it's sealed up. And I still have like, the little the little bumps. But anyway, I still have holes. Yeah. I this is a bite. terrible digression. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, tell us about your. <laughs> okay. Well, no, no. What? What? How did I introduce you to cursive? Yeah, he picked up the slack where I left you with two songs. Yeah. Well, one or two songs. Yeah. Um, I sang you my chemical romance. I sang you my chemical romance. We became friends. Um, I mean, because I remember, so I feel like it was junior year of high school. I got very into cursive with Ugly Organ. Right. So that would have been, oh, so maybe, yeah, because you were, see, oh, so maybe it was my senior. Junior into yeah. senior. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Right. And then you leave. And then I left. And and then, and so then I met Matt. You and I liked know, cursive already? We mm. had a friend. You got to college liking friend. cursive? I didn't. I had no idea who they were. The year, 2003. <laughs> the place, Washington, D.C. <laughs> Let's take a trip back in time real quick. No, there was uh, <laughs> one of my first weeks at school. Um, a very, very cute girl was going to see cursive on the there Ugly Organ Tour. Done. And I had no idea who they were. And... Yeah, we went. They played the Black Cat. Was, I was Murder in... by Death the opener on that? Gosh. Uh, maybe? Maybe. I, I don't know. I just double, thought I was... Double cellos. I thought I was just hot shit wearing my, like, From Autumn to Ashes t-shirt. <laughs> thought I was, like, suff- <laughs> such a tough, like, hardcore kid. And then, uh, yeah, I had no idea about Cursive. And then I, I just remember that was... There's only, like, a handful of concerts, because I've been to so many of them, but only about a handful where I've... Where I've sat there or stood there with my jaw dropped open for the entire time. And I think my first time, 19 years old, experiencing Tim Casher with his weird guitar um, on the Ugly Organ Tour. The second, the second he opened his mouth to, to sing, I was... I was hooked. Now they still had the cello at that point. They had the cello. They were doing the it's cello. Yeah, okay. Greta. Greta. Yeah. Oh, should we should we do a little breakdown of who the members of the band are, so that the the people know? If you want to. Well, ever rotating cast of characters, right. I feel like come through that band. Didn't they have the band or the drummer from Engine Down for a while in the band? I don't even know. Wow, Engine that's Down, so. that's a deep. Cornbread. Maybe Cornbread. Cornbread was the drummer. I think he plays on Mama I'm Swollen. Yeah, Clint was there for a long time. Maybe I Clint's mean, the, back now. The other guitarist and the bass player are. Pretty steady, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's who's in it. And right. then after Happy Hollow, then they had like their trumpet player, that kind of was with them all the time. Right. And now there's a new cello player. Okay. I feel I definitely feel like the horns came in because of the loss of the cello. Right. Well, you were, yeah, you were. I guess all that really matters is just Tim Kasher. Right. As the singer. At the end of the day, know? he's sort of the bedrock of it all. He's he's the Scotty Pippen to Saddle Creek's. Uh, Michael Jordan, which is Connor Obers, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh. oh, that makes me feel bad for Tim Cash. Still, Still a Hall of Famer. Still a Hall of Famer. 
Excellent. Mm. It's great when there's a lull in the conversation. Yeah, it's a natural yeah. thing. Yeah. Just in case we have to check for predators. There we go. We're just here. Yeah. Out the window. Uh, no, but so the bassist, the guitarist, and Tim have all stayed the same pretty much the whole time. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to look into this, and I was wondering myself. Who's the other singer? The dude who sings every... That is... Kind of looks like Drew Carey. (laughs) We used to call him Drew Carey when we'd see him live in college. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel bad for that guy, too. Nobody wants to be Drew Carey. Hey, Drew Carey has a great career. He looks more like uh, Drew's brother. What? I'm trying to think of a play on Drew uh, that I could say. Crew like, Drary? Yeah, Crew Drary. <laughs> no, doesn't he has like a brother, that that guy that's in all the American Horror Story shows? That's not his real brother. That was no, his I brother know. on the show. That's who I'm talking okay. about. I think he looks, <laughs> <laughs> looks more like the brother in the show. Right. Um, anyway, uh, Matt and Ted are their names. Do they have excellent Ted. adventures? You don't run into a lot of Ted's these days. Yeah. yeah, Ted Stevens. That's the other guitarist. That's the guy that's in um, Dresden. Uh, sorry about Dresden. Oh, yes, yes. In Lullaby for the Working Class. Ooh, that's a name. Yeah. So I don't know if you may have never actually watched this before, but there's a, a lovely documentary called An Evening with Saddle Creek. I have not watched which, it. The first time I saw it, I got on DVD from Netflix. Because that's, nice. that's yeah, how yeah. long ago that was. Mm-hmm. Wow. But it's on YouTube now, and I rewatched it recently. And it yeah. was watching that that made me start the Owen Fourth Records idea. Because <laughs> mm. it is, I mean, not, not. It made it look so easy. It made it look super easy. Obviously, uh, we're not our little group of friends, not the same sort of caliber right. of uh, musicianship as, as we didn't have a, a Michael Jordan. Yeah, or, they, yeah. Or they, sort, even, they uh, certainly coalesced around sort of a savant of a child yes, songwriter. A little a little 14-year-old. Yeah. Um, but you should watch it. But anyway, so, it, I mean, it's a really nice way to sort of – it carries through um, maybe until, like, Ugly Organ. So it's, like, basically, like, Saddle Creek as it's starting up and going through, like, 2003 is when this was made. And so, like, in, they interview, like, The Faint, and they interview Jenny Lewis, because at that time, their Saddle Creek record came out, and... Um, I was not even aware she was on... Jenny Lewis, I only heard about, like, this year. I, that's... That's amazing. Yeah, You right. never knew Rilo Kiley? I mean, I We've knew Rilo Kiley, yeah, but, like, <laughs> I never got into them, right. and yeah. now, all of a sudden, I feel like everybody's telling me I gotta listen to Jenny but Lewis. when we... Um, Another bit of a digression, but when we went out to Wellesley College to see Ozma yeah. play in that little basement. Yep, that was the best. Right, and Rilo Kiley was on that show. Sure, yeah. I don't remember that. It's like an infamous <laughs> day in their history because it's the day that... Uh, so, um, Joey the Rat slash uh, Pinsky yep. from Salute okay. Shorts yeah, yeah. is in yeah, that yeah. band. Is in Rilo Kiley. In Rilo Kiley. Mm-hmm. And at that and he, show... He had his own band, Jenny, too. Jenny supposedly broke like this little recorder yeah that was like a childhood oh uh, no that kind of rings at the show we were at yeah and so like if you if I you, if remember you like, that look happening. up in like yeah, old yeah. message boards like that show is a show that's talked about a lot as like <laughs> <laughs> like a divisive point in in their relationship that's too funny but anyway you should watch that documentary it's very interesting i should um I don't really know how we got onto that. So Blake Sennett was in Salute Your Shorts right. and Boy Meets World. Correct. And he has his own wonderful little side project called The Elected. 
Okay. The yeah. elected. Yeah. Um, now let's get into the Tim Casher Jenny Lewis thing because we're on because we're on both of them. Because now we got here, and I'm I'm not aware of this at all. So is she the domestica? Maybe she is the domestica. They weren't married, were they? Let's wildly speculate. Well, because so in two after their first two records, Cursive broke up. Right. And, and Tim yeah, yeah, yeah. moved to the West Coast. And then uh, he and his wife got a divorce. And then that is like what became the subject matter for Domestica and the reforming of, of, cursive. of cursive. So did he bring his friends out to L.A.? No, I think he moved back to Omaha. Ah, okay. Now, the that rumor that I had always heard was... Love rumors. Yeah. So this Fleetwood is fact. Mac. Yeah. Classic. Great record. <laughs> um, that Tim broke up with Jenny, and she never got over it. I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, someone <laughs> writes the album of the year. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. And I saw both of them recently at a bar. There we go. They were together. But they seemed all right? They seemed all right. I, I, don't, I didn't see them say hi to each other, but this was like 15 years was the last I heard of the two of them together. So, so it's probably water under the bridge. Uh-huh. Maybe. She's crushing it. She rules. She's like, yeah. She kicks so much ass. Apparently. I yeah. Know. I don't have She's the time awesome. of the day. But we'll get around to it, I guess. You should get around to it. At least, um, I mean, uh, I've listened to. Rabbit Fur Coat is cool. That's her first one. Yeah. That was a long time ago. That was almost a decade ago that that came out. Yeah, uh, I'm not a huge fan of that most recent solo release. But, right. Um, but I like Rabbit Fur Coat because one of the last songs is they do a cover of Handle with Care by the Traveling Wilburys. Mm. And it's her yeah. and Ben Gibbard and M. Ward. And Conor I was going to say, how do you cover the traveling yeah. wilderness? That's how you do it. That's <laughs> how you do it, yeah. <laughs> so it's cool. It's it's uh, it's a good little album. And then, I ha- yeah, I haven't I listened to one of the guys, but I haven't listened to the most recent one that came out this year. But so what was what was your introduction to Cursive? What was the first time you remember? So it was that show at the Black Cat. So that um, you know what you had I, never heard them. You just I'd went to never the show? heard them. Um, actually, you know what. We can we can edit this out and post, but uh... we don't typically do that. Oh, okay, well, I don't know if we know how. Oh, I know how. I just feel like it's it's more interesting to just let things flow. Because uh, cursive, literally cursive, to me, what the way I came about cursive was, I saw them on one of those mm-hmm. sleeves you would get in a CD you buy. Right. Of all I, the other of things. all the other things, like what it was probably a Saddle Creek one. Right. And I was like, oh, that's a dope name. And then I bought Ugly Organ. And I remember just being like blown away with it. Sure, like off the bat, by its, it was exactly by its what I was looking for. Was like, sounds yeah, at the just beginning. how nightmarish it sounded, and like how discordant it was. I was just getting into being able to play music, and I thought that if you sounded bad, that could be cool. And that's what this sounded like to me. But like, it's crazy to think. Like that's what I was thinking about the, uh, you know, listening to all this is going back. Like, I don't find music like that anymore. Like mm. that was just I bought that CD having never heard them. Right. I, I just bought Ugly Organ. It looked cool. I know I wanted to check them out. So I was like, all right, I'll start with this one. And now it's like I might give a band two or three of their most played songs on Spotify, but like, yeah, it's a shame that that went away. So uh, September 23rd, 2003 was when I first saw Cursive. So, so we, was... we were in school for like. Two weeks. Yeah. Maybe. Less than a month. Less than a month. They have no. They have no. Uh, 
there's no set list on the set list FM, but you know, Cursive Army, if you're out there, which I know is a thing. Yeah. And I'm sure they're all listening. Yeah, get get, get me that uh, get, get me that set break. list. I'm sure you know. I think, I think, when he said, "Who's Tim's latest whore?" <laughs> live, I was like, "You can say that in a song." <laughs> that kind of blew my mind. That I was did, it. Yeah, and that was it. Out. And then, um, you know, I, I didn't know. I was kind of blown away by the sounds that his guitar was making. Right. The sounds that are like real harsh, jangly. Like I'm forever, sounds, yeah. I'm yeah. always jealous of whatever sound he gets to come exactly, out. Exactly, yeah. It just sounds like knives flying down at you <laughs> when you listen to it. Yeah. yeah. I just and then from there just became obsessed. Um, I don't know. For me personally, I, I well, I I was driving back from San Diego on Monday and I had like a two to hour Los drive. Angeles, to Los not, Angeles, not to yes. Uh, and I had a two hour like a two hour drive. So I went back and I listened to. Uh, the storms of early summer. Storms of early summer, or what's the one after that? No, that that's the second one. Oh, such Sto- blinding stars. Such, such blinding stars, stars which so, I had never heard at all. So I listened to such blinding stars. It had some good stuff in it, and then I went back and listened to Domestica again, which I never went pat like before Domestica. Like when I was listening to Cursive, the stuff that was bef- their first album. That yeah. to me, that right. was their first album because yeah, that yeah. was like it was the most. Uh, accessible mm-hmm. to me yeah like there was cohesive, cohesive yeah, yeah, yeah. distinct melodies and it was mixed nice so that the vocals didn't i think bleed into the rest of the music yeah. and there was like verse chorus so you knew what the songs were about and then i mean you know we covered a bunch of cursive songs together when we when we'd play shows in dc so everything after that mm-hmm. became a big fan of so it was nice to go back and revisit some of the albums I hadn't heard. Yeah, before. I'd never heard the first one until I listened to this, and then I did that. I did Storms of Early Summer again because I don't really go back to that one. Still holds up. Skipped Domestica, skipped Ugly Organ because mm-hmm. I know those ones. Right. And then started from there. Happy Hollow. I remember when it came out, I was really disappointed with, and then it grew on me a lot, and then I sort of forgot about it. Yeah. And then going through all of the discography, I feel like every record since then I've checked out handful of times and yeah maybe really never gone back to i all right so we're gonna we're just gonna get right into it or are we just uh i mean it's flowing in <laughs> yeah we're, 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 inching, we're inching closer and closer to it i don't know what so, year i fell off with cursive because i fell off i know when it was well i don't know when it was for you but i know when it was for me okay but so part of i mean i mentioned this sort of before we started recording but like obviously like because uh of the breakup of, of cursive and the reforming after Tim's marriage, like he is the driving engine, right? Like everybody else brings something to it to make that sound, mm-hmm. but he's the driving engine of that. Mm-hmm. And Matt really, in addition to cueing me into more of, of cursive's music, do you want to draw those blinds? Here? Like, <laughs> um, you pause. Go ahead. Yeah. So Tim, if you're out there, Keep up the great work. Um, we're having a technical difficulties with these blinds. Uh, the other way, yeah, that way. Good. Let's do something. We were trying to keep the plants in the apartment alive, and it's slowly killing Liam. Um. So yeah, we'll chop that that little bit up. But Matt really introduced me to the Good Life, which is Tim's other band. Yeah. 
More acoustic. More acoustic, but also has like a lot had a, its own sort of progression, right? Because like the very the first one uh, was very electronic. Novena, yeah. Nocturne is is more electronic, and yeah. then Blackout still has like little bits of it, and then yeah. Album of the Year, and then you know Help Wanted Nights, and, and then and, I don't know anything after Help Wanted Nights. Well, then um, they did one more album in 2015. So they like got back together and they did another album, but he was kind of like trading off. Back right? and forth. He yeah, would yeah. do like a good life record, then a cursive record, a good life record, and depended on how sad or angry he was at the time. I felt sure. like yeah. But even as he was bouncing back and forth, and the sounds of each band were evolving, so you weren't getting Domestica Part Two. You got the right, yeah. organ, and you weren't getting album of the year part two. You got help wanted nights, right? And even while he was like bouncing back and forth, there was a distinct like feeling. There was like an emotional quality to each band that, even though the album was different than the previous album from that band, you knew it was the good life, and you knew that it was cursive. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then mm-hmm. when. Uh, 2010 rolls around is when he drops his solo record. Ugh, and garbage. F- and for me, this is the point. That's when I dropped off. This is the point where that distinction between projects stopped being so clear. Uh, yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah. I listened to Gemini and Vitriola, and musically, it sounds like cursive to me. Okay. But the emotion in the lyrics sounds like Tim Kasher. Mm. Okay. Right? And so you get, like, the new Good Life record, and it's, like, a little bit more Good Life-y than the solo stuff, but there isn't... It doesn't feel like the Good Life to me. And... and uh, uh, your your face is telling me that this doesn't quite I'm try- yeah. resonate. No, yeah. And it might be you might like need to like listen to it. Um Yeah, with that in mind, certainly, but, yeah. Th- so for me, and I guess this is where I start to to explain it, but like Mama I'm Swollen mm. for me should have been Cursive's last record. Amen. Because it is okay. the last time that they released something that still had that cohesive, cursive feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Even though I've enjoyed Vitriola to a certain extent, and I'm happy that they're still playing shows and that I get to go see them. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, I told Matt, like, I've seen them twice in the last year, and that was with missing one of their local shows. Hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But like There's I'm chances. I'm happy that they're still a band and I'm happy that they're like making music and that they have an outlet and that people are still going to see them and that they're able to continue to do the thing that they love to do. Mm-hmm. But in terms so I was thinking about this the other day and I don't know why this is like a brand new concept to me. <laughs> but the idea of should have been there last to me mm-hmm. now most clearly uh, Finally getting it two yeah. years later. Yeah, two years <laughs> later. Most clearly because we were like it's not it's not your favorite, but it's you know for me, it's like you draw a line in the sand yeah. and you say, you never got anything after this. Are you okay with it? Right. So yeah, so yeah. if you draw the line in the sand at Ugly Organ, which is probably their best, and I'm sure most people won't argue with you on that, mm-hmm. I would be sad to not get Happy Hollows Happy Hollow, yeah. Yeah. and Mama, I'm Swollen. Yeah. If you draw it after Mama, I'm Swollen, and I never get Gemini... 
vitriola. and vitriola. vitriola. I'm like, all right, yeah, that's cool, and I'm happy with that. So okay. that that in in my mind. So, and then and you feel like Mama, I'm swollen is a bookend. Yes, and so there was when when Cursive was doing their like warm up to the release of Vitriola on presumably on all social media, but on Instagram, which is mostly where I find yeah. people. I'm not a big, not a big Twitterer. No, I twit, but it's mostly to people that I want to start conversations with that are like famous, and then they don't start the conversations with me, <laughs> and then I'm like, this is fucking stupid. And I don't look at it. Again I'm gonna delete month. this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they were like doing each album. And like Tim was writing like a little heartfelt message about like what this album meant to him at the time. Okay. And when Mom I'm Swollen was released, and he, I double checked this today, uh, one of the dudes from Planes Mistaken for Stars mm-hmm. said that the last song on that, What Have I Done, was like a farewell note to all of the listeners at what should have been their final their record. Last. Yeah. <laughs> what, what should have been their last. And it wasn't something that he went into intentionally right. thinking, but the journey had taken its course. Yeah. And it had like this beautiful, like, uh, stamp mm-hmm. on the end of it. Yeah. You know, well, they're pros at that. I think that's, I think their records, uh, are coherent mm-hmm. all the time and there's a, they know how to span out tracks and you know it goes up and down it's a ride as you're going along so it, i like your point that like the last song on that record is a good last stamp for them because i feel like they've made a point like the last record the last song on all their records you know it's the last song yeah and they start really strong and there's always a good like right. lull in between of all of it they have the other thing I don't know, are all of them concept records? Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. They're like I've, a band of concept yeah. records, and then the whole discography is also a concept. Is a concept. Also, are we aware that they just put out an album like four weeks ago? Well, yeah. we were discussing this in the car. I think it's an, an album. It's an EP. How many tracks is One, it? It's two, like six, three, right? four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's what I thought. It's an 11, album. 11, Wait, the thing 11 with the scissors? Tracks. The yeah, thing with the scissors fixed. is a it's full album. 11 songs, 38 minutes, 15, 35 seconds. So we're going to have to listen to this after. <laughs> All right, we're going to have to pause, come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's really good. I really like the new record. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, a lot, a lot, a lot. It is cool. And I, and I have uh, I have listened to it. I don't know why I thought it was just an EP. Excuse me. That's why I thought I was crazy. I just hey, they're on tour. They're coming. They're, uh, I get three chances to see them in the greater Los Angeles area. They're playing the Terragram and the Glass House in Pomona. So nice. I, can, I can see them two days in a row. I guess, you know, the nice thing about this is I'll go back and listen to them again. When right. I haven't listened to them for a long it time. It was nice. I feel like I don't. I'm hoping that it, in in the culture that this podcast serves as a vehicle to bring people back into bands. Yeah. Mm. And and not to deter them. Yeah. Deter them. No. And also I, I, like I, I don't want go Tim back Kasher and listen to he- records. I don't want yeah. Tim Kasher to the whole hear this thing. and be like, "Fuck those guys." Right. Yeah. I yeah. want I want them to see a spike in their sales. Yeah. <laughs> spike in their streams. A spike in their streams. Ah, uh, it's all about chasing those streams, Get baby. Those streams. Yeah. Streams of revenue. Streams on Spotify. Streams on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of streams. I'm such a luddite. Point percent of a. Cent. Yeah. One now, one now one million streams on Spotify gets pays you out four thousand dollars. All right, that should be yeah. easy. Yeah, <laughs> just leave it playing on my phone. Uh, let's see. Let's yeah. see what. Let's just jump into this real quick. What are their What are their most streamed songs on Spotify? Oh, I didn't even look. Yeah. So we most have popular. Wait, let's guess. Wait, I think it's 
The most popular song they have, I'm going to say... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I want to think that it's something off of Happy Hollow. Dorothy at 40? Dorothy at 40? I almost Dorothy at 40 is in the top five. It's, okay. top five. it's five. It's Pro- number five. Probably number- Art is Hard. Um, that's so. All right, we'll just do it. Okay. The Recluse is number one Recluse. with wow. almost five million streams on Spotify. So they got, what, $20,000? $20, $20,000. Good for them. Yeah, good. Yeah, they're crushing it. And then they got 1.7 million that, streams. That's what they of- should do. They should change the way that Spotify. Uh, post this in terms of revenue. Here's yeah, how much money you've given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, song like, has made them seven dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so from the hips is number two at one point seven. Uh, Art is hard is number three at one point almost one point five million streams. Number four, some red red handed sleight of hand. Yeah. Whoa. One point one, and then number five, Dorothy at forty at only eight hundred and eight thousand streams on Spotify. Still very heavy, ugly I, organ. Yeah, I still think I, you know this just shows me that this band is more of a uh, sit and listen to the record vinyl yeah. kind of band. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I gotta stop saying that song. Um, Dude, we all know artists hard art is hard right. art is hard um try and fail and try again comforts of repetition to keep churning out those hits till it's all the same old shit i mean put that on my epitaph all <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> yeah last night last night in the car what did you say you wanted to be singing to your grave oh shit oh i'm every woman yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh there was uh Oh yeah, the, like I'd be on my deathbed and I would like quote some obscure cursive <laughs> lyric. <laughs> Cuz we were talking about how like for me there was a point where this music really meant something to me in college. And yeah. then I wonder if this is also part of it. I don't mean to cut you off, but like but you did. We find this I I think with a lot of things and and I wonder if it's like a combination of like when they were the age that they were when they were making things yeah. and the age and that we are when we're receiving it. it. Mm-hmm. But like going into like your early twenties, this was like my soundtrack. This made yeah. sense. Yeah. This emotional bullshit being yeah. screamed over nonsense. Yeah. yeah. And now it's like I don't know. Now I'm a little more boring. Yeah. I don't yeah. Now I'm boring. Much, yeah. yeah. And so so is that why I find it? Now I want to listen to Post Malone well, instead. No, I, <laughs> that's, that's I was not... so mad when I found out the Spider-Man song is a Post Malone song. Oh, th- yeah. What? I like that song. The Spider-Man song? Into the Spider-Verse one, they're like... We can't, cl- we can't clear can't, it, so we can't yeah. sing it. So right, right. we can you only sing about... It. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Sunflower. Look it up. It's great. Don't Let's see how many it. streams it's that has no, on Spotify. I'm going to say... I'm going to say... Eight million. A hundred million at least. Um... And do the math. I bet it doesn't even break the top five. Um, I'm going to get some more coffee over here. Sunflower has 1.2 billion. Billion? Billion streams. 1,205,200, or sorry, 205,284,767 streams. Holy cow. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't do the math that fast. How many so. is that? 200. Will you say how many billion? One point two round it. One point two billion. Right, so that's a thousand. No, a billion one, is a million millions. It's some. Are, oh, they've done this math on yeah. fucking. It's like a million seconds is eleven hours, and right. a billion seconds like, is like three and a half weeks or so, or like three yeah. months. It's insane. So let's just say a lot. A lot of money. 
Math is not our strong suit. I'm at least two of those. Tim, if you're listening, do you like Post Malone? Have you listened to Sunflower? (laughs) You can reach me online. Yeah. Um, But yeah, getting back to them, I do think... Yeah, to the reason why we're here is not to talk about Post Malone. So we don't have... It's not for certain these are all concept albums. Well... I know Domestica definitely was. The Ugly Organ definitely was. Happy Hollow was. Uh, Album of the Year definitely was. Help Wanted Nights definitely was. Mama, I'm Swollen, I don't know if it was. It was just, to me, that was just a collection of really good songs. Gemini is. Gemini has to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's telling a story about two brothers that are are, are battling. It's called called Two Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Property Brothers. There it's, you go. That's my one Rick scenes, and Morty reference for you. Yeah. Scenes, property Brothers. Uh, this is the story of them before they got famous. <laughs> yeah, but yes, I I do think I don't. Yeah, I don't think before at the the initial breakup, those first two records are no. But even like the EPs, like um, Burst and Bloom, Burst and yeah, and like Eighteenth to Each You, those yeah. are. Um, conceptual conceptual as well yeah. which is that's what I was saying before we started recording the best part about the deluxe uh, ugly organ and the only reason why I bought it since I have the, the regular original ugly one is the original one the green vinyl yeah, yeah. is that the second that uh, record are those EPs oh cool yeah because there were some bangers yeah. on those EPs oh, yeah. I think if we're talking about what their best is I think Burst and Bloom might be their best collection of songs no, that's not that's, the name of the show I know yeah I mean that is a <laughs> solid what is it five songs five Six songs, songs? Yeah. just, you just can't banger after banger minutes. yeah just, there's nothing to trim from that they, they definitely they definitely kept the Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers mentality of don't bore us get to the chorus there you go uh, well then what did you say because Matt Matt was giving some hard nods and right. whoops when I was saying mama, I'm swollen. You're saying mama. 100%. Well, that's mama. one thing I came back to on this, and I think, like I was saying earlier, I, after Happy Hollow, Happy Hollow, when it first came out, I, I wasn't thrilled with. I really loved the cello. I remember when on. that came out. Right. I remember walking around college, around the campus, mm-hmm. when that came out. I think I had higher expectations for it, and then I just yeah. didn't meet them, and so... I walked away from that one. I came back to Happy Hollow. Happy Hollow is probably one of my more listened to now. I don't know if necessarily, however you want to rate them or whatever, but I certainly go back to Happy Hollow the most. And now going back to these ones, I think everything since then I've maybe listened to a handful of times and then not really gone back to or gone back to stuff here and there. Mm -hmm. But going through now, I listened to everything. I was on Vitriol or on the last one. I've listened to the new record a whole bunch because I actually like the new record. The one that came out a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. With the scissors. With the scissors. With the scissors. Get fixed. I yeah, think get it's fixed. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's probably a concept album about him getting a vasectomy. Yeah. Right? Tim's know, coming yeah. in. Uh, he's probably hitting almost 50 now. I mean. He's not that. He's only, he's like 10 years older than yeah. he and I am. We like to feel that. Okay. Well, <laughs> he's got to be at least 50. No, 45. He wants yeah. to get snipped. He's getting that know? AARP yeah. card in the mail. Oh, shit. He's younger than us. How did that happen? So get fixed, okay? That's you know. Or do we want to like guess what the a- album's about? He feels neutered in his new relationship, and now he needs to get out. Married still, yeah. Well, that's yeah. Her again. There's a lot of like. Uh, it goes back to like, uh, like hometown sort of like can't escape sort of narrative. Yeah, because what like, what like, was Happy Hollow about? Just small town like, living and breaking out of small town. But it was living? also like crisis of religion. Yeah, it was, right. It was, that was, it was his big religious part of it. Yeah. Crisis. Right. 
And that's that's what's that's like what's so great about his. I guess, I guess but maybe it's that's also it Wizard of Oz, right? <laughs> yeah, it's also the Wizard of Oz. But it, yeah, that's his like religious uh, struggle, and you know, Ug- Ugly Organ is. I'd, I'd say Burst and Bloom and Ugly Organ are about making music and the music and industry. Being, yeah, and yeah. being caught in right. making right. art and as a cycle the, of like having to make new, art about art. About, yeah. about social struggles? Seems that way, yeah. 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 And, and not a thing that I'm not like not into. It also seems I'm a lot less uh, personal. He doesn't seem to be singing. <laughs> Is that so, it? Yeah. Is that it? It's not personal anymore? I think so. It's too broad. It's still good though. I mean, this I hate to do it. I don't think I have a last one for them. I think they should keep going. I mean, that's not I know. I mean, <laughs> I don't like having that take, but going back and revisiting it, even though like I don't like Gemini, uh My Mom Swollen, I thought I didn't like, but going back to I loved it this that's time. Some bangers yeah. on there. You gotta so, do what I right. say. Right. They all have bangers. Like every record has a couple standout tracks and they're good at making fucking records. Yeah. yeah. Like that's the thing. They know how to put it all together in a cohesive package. It starts off really, all of their fucking first tracks always start off really strong, whether it's just fucking feedback from two miles away Uh and it slowly builds up or just like kicks you right into some weird fucking beat. They do that well. There's always a good little fucking lull of a ballady type of thing. Uh There's always some bass line that fucking repeats over and over again, stuck in your head in some track. And like they haven't, their sound is malleable enough that even though they're not really pushing any boundaries with any new record they're still doing new enough things that it doesn't feel like like fucking anti flag when it was just oh my god here's 10 bricks of albums that i have to listen to right. the same <laughs> eight chords it's still fun it's still fun there's yeah. always something new going on when the cellos goes the cellos come yeah. back i do think they always need strings the horns uh, work don't quite do it for you but yeah, I don't think I would stop. Them. So let me ask you this, because you, of the three people sitting here, are the most well versed in the new record. Uh, one of one of my regulars at the bar had uh, tickets to go to the Against Me Cursive show that mm-hmm. was at Royale the, yeah. the two nights recently, um, and he uh, opted to not go and gave the tickets to his kids to go because his kids are like musicians okay. and like he thought it would be like a really cool learning experience them. yeah and so they went into it i think having knowledge of against me but not, not so knowing cursive. cursive and much like matt's first experience like came out of it just like completely wowed <laughs> and loving it and and the thing that he relayed to me that they relayed to him was that his that tim's like sing-songy screaming thing like yeah. the weirdness of the way that he delivers lines yeah is a very also the whispered singing yeah, yeah. Does is like unparalleled all of all of that is like a big part of what i was saying earlier and that's like what cursive vocals are like that's like the dynamic right He's that, got a very specific that, sound that out of instrument his voice, yeah. His yeah. voice yeah. brings into that yeah yeah and i and i feel like maybe that was like waning a little bit towards in like the last two releases that I remember. But do you feel like that's think, pretty present on the new one? Uh yeah, it's still a, it's not as much as before. Like right. he doesn't go screaming as much as anymore and like there's not those Which weird Which is also sort- I mean we can't all do what we did when right. we were Exactly. Right. He just doesn't have it anymore. But I feel like with Vitriola and Get Fixed now like you see sort but you of would see think with something called like Vitriola there would be some screaming that, yeah, that yeah, it would be yeah. a bit more right. you'd have some bite to it there's angry know. yeah 
And I'm not sure that I felt it on the handful. Some of the, the of themes are angry. Right. But necessarily it doesn't translate to the sonic right. That's also I mean it's like records. kind of I mean it's kind of unfair to stack things against each other even though that's exactly what we do here. Yeah. But like vitriol I probably can count the number of times I've listened to it on one maybe two Exactly. Hands. Yeah. Mm. That's the tough thing. And yeah. I have probably listened to Ugly Organ and Domestica combined like 10,000 times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, for me, I'll get into when I just gave up on them. Just do it. And it was th- his first solo record. The right. one the where it had Tim the things Cashin. over his eyes, right? In the c- album cover, right? Yeah, I never even listened to yeah, that. Yeah, The Game of Monogamy. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. It's over there. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> what a name. Woof. Uh, yeah, it just... And I will still send you news about Cursive when I come across it. Like, Pitchfork every now and then will, like, say something about Cursive, and yeah. I'll just, like, text it to you immediately. <laughs> but I never... I mean, I think I listened to the... I listened to, like, the teaser track for I Am Gemini, and I was like, this is fucking garbage. I don't, yeah. And I never even listened to Vitriola. Uh, it, was, it was his solo stuff. It was just like, I don't know. I think maybe he was putting out too much stuff and he suffered from that. So mm, like you yeah. called it like, I remember Rolling Stone called it like Ryan Adams syndrome and like Lil Wayne had it too. When you are that <laughs> prolific and right. you keep putting out yeah. stuff, it's naturally going to be shit the well, <laughs> after a while. The well runs dry. After yeah. Point, yeah. And so that like, I, I think that his solo album, did the solo album come out before Mama I'm Swollen or after Mama I'm after. Swollen? After. Okay. It was the next year. Cause just Mama I'm Swollen had just so many good ideas running throughout the record, yeah. and like, and then everything after that was just like it's like I guess they peaked right here, and he's just like completely run out of ideas and just kind of going through the motions right now. But now we got to sit and listen to I got to listen to Gemini and Vitriola. So well, no, get fixed and get fixed. I mean, I have I haven't heard those three. So you haven't heard I Am Gemini at all. I think I listened to one it. of the teaser tracks and I was like. This it had no distinct, like the songs were directionless. It's really boring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. It's directionless. That was the point. Like going back through, I was like, uh, "What's before my mom swollen? Happy Happy Hollow. Happy Happy Hollow goes straight to my mom swollen, and then Gemini. Yep. Yeah." Yeah, so but there's a Mama I'm Swollen. I was sizable like time jump there. Yeah, there is. It's like a five year. Happy Hollow was 2006, and then Help Wanted Nights, the Good Life record was 2007. Then Mama I'm Swollen was 2009, and then Gemini was 2012. Either you love me or you leave me. Don't you leave? This is this is what's really weird to me. The jump between uh, Happy Hollow and Mama I'm Swollen is the exact same amount of time between. Mom, I'm swollen in Gemini. Also, ugly but in my organ. mind, that record it's was like a comeback record. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then yeah, yeah. it was disappointing. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, why'd you come back?" Yeah, Mom, I mean, I'm swollen was big. They played Letterman. That was, that was that was where they were trying. They were like breaking out. I mean, yeah, they, I they, think I they, remember they seeing... did they did from the hips on Letterman. Yeah. that was like their big thing. So, which but is ugly weird. organ got them TV. Spots too, right? They were on like that was last call with Carson Daly. That was when people started paying attention. Uh, Ugly Organ was when people started paying attention. It was a very highly rated and reviewed, critically acclaimed record, right? Um, And then I think that ever since they were just trying to chase it, or they were unfairly. uh, Everybody just compared everything to Ugly Organ, right? From then on out, and that's the day we should all be so lucky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's. It's tough to 
It's tough to top that, but I didn't need them to top it. I just needed them to. Continue, yeah, I mean, I think to that, make fun and interesting things. Yeah, and they did. And yeah. I think that's where I'm at now. Is why I wouldn't say but for maybe, them to stop. Uh, there are lulls. Gemini sucks. Yeah, uh, yeah. Vitriol is not great, but get fixed. Definitely like. That was the first time I it, 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 got a new cursive record and listened to it a couple times right, right off the bat. And mm. it excites you about seeing what they might do next. Yeah, absolutely. That's very cool. I think it's unfortunate you both really haven't had an exposure to it. Yeah. I definitely listen. At like least I said, I for this situation. To... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know. Well, it, it well not... I thought that's why it was good timing. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, that not just came out a couple months ago. my answer, I don't think. We'll see. You know, We might have to addendum this. That's fine. We can do that <laughs> if, if we need. This to. isn't even on the list. Uh, no, <laughs> the I don't, list is stupid. Yeah, I think for what you're saying, uh, it might not have enough to turn around your opinion as far as uh, when their last should have been. Yeah, but I still, like I said, like I just think they're an, an interesting band that have a their sound is specific without being monotonous mm. i guess i don't know how to describe it like it's it, you can always tell it's cursive but right. it does it's not like i'm hearing the same record over and over again right right um and so like any time i don't know with the, the new one really invigorated my liking them going back li- and listening to all this again i'm like oh cursive's like one of my favorite bands mm. like it's yeah. not even and that was just sort of like I, I think mean, if you got me on the spot i wouldn't even put them in my top five trying to think through like who my top five are sure but then if I like sat down and really thought about it, I was like, no, I do go back to this record probably more than any other one. Like, I think few musicians have had more impact on me in my life than, than, Tim, Cash. than Tim Casher. I'd say same. When I was, I remember when I was living in Nashville and everyone's like, who are your influences? I would always put Tim Casher and say Tim Casher. And then he put out the game of monogamy and then I was I was so scorned. <laughs> yeah, I was like, fuck this dude. Uh, but only up to like 2008. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, then the game of monogamy came out, and I was like, "Never again." <laughs> that's too bad. I never listened to any of his solo stuff, even the Good Life. I listened to Album of the Year. Oh, that's such a, and maybe that's about it. That's so so good. Oh, yeah, special place um, in my heart. But it for just that never. It, I don't help, know why. Help Wanted Nights is such a good album too. Yeah, it's no frills. It's just I emotional mean, that, song that, after that emotional would song. Be mine for this. They only did one record yeah. after that, and it, it, I don't know. It just didn't. I didn't even realize they had that many records. Yeah, so so the first two are like mostly him just doing his own shit, doing yeah, his yeah. own thing. Yeah, and then he brought in, I mean, like some of those people are there on Blackout. Yeah, I think on some of the songs, but then Album of the Year is like the first time that like the, the four full band. people yeah. are there for like all of it. And then that was uh, also a concept record. Yep, every song is a month of the year. It's a different month. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, and then help help wanted nights was supposed to be like the soundtrack for a story, a movie that he was making, that right? He was going to make, yeah. but never did make. Maybe he did. Maybe maybe since we did this podcast about him, we can ask him if we can see a rough cut of it, right? Yeah. Well, I never watched. He did make a movie last year, or like two years ago, um, called No Resolution. It's like about a couple breaking up on New Year's Eve. Okay, and he that made sounds an album. Very Tim Cash, he yeah, made yeah, an yeah. album for that, another solo release for that. Ugh, and I have neither listened to the album nor seen the movie. nor seen the movie, even though it's like free on Amazon Prime. <laughs> and I mean, I actually like at one point I wanted to make 
a gets a five out of five rating on on, uh, on iTunes. A book that followed the story of a character through Tim Casher's songs. Like a book that was inspired by his music. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, you know, no, based on your reactions. Wow. He's, I mean, no, he's good squeezed luck. an I just hour and a half know. out of this. Like to have his eccentricities play out in that way and then you try and trace a red thread through all of that. Not through all like, of it, but like find, you know, one character, like a character that kind of navigates through right all the records dorothy yeah and then at the end wakes up and realizes she's wearing red shoes and then then wow rotten tomatoes the audience score gives it a 100 percent no resolution is it it one person i think it might be one person yeah no resolution explores the relationship of never was musician Carrie and his newly pregnant fiance Jean as they struggle with concepts of family and settling down. What do you mean never was musician? Like he never <laughs> oh, made so it. he never made. Okay, I thought, he never. He <laughs> yeah. doesn't know how to play anything, but he he's, like, he's like he's like he's like I I'm a welder. I never was a musician. I was a welder. <laughs> I, was, I never was. <laughs> New Year's Eve becomes a fitting backdrop for the disparity of their combined future. Jean longs for a nice night staying in. But the temptations of a decadent evening are too much for Carrie to avoid. Ooh. The engaged couple reaches a boiling point of anger and resentment as their upstairs neighbors stoke the flames with a raging New Year's party. Pass. <laughs> Pass forever. That's in, that's in the breakdown? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He no, I added that. that. Yeah, he wrote and directed that. Pass forever. Yikes. Yeah, but he wrote the movie, yeah. And directed the movie? Directed, directed it yeah, and yeah. composed the score. And the score for it. Yeah. I mean, good for him for for wanting to do that and for succeeding in making a movie and getting it out there. Ugh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, that, Ugh, that's just don't get pregnant in the first gross. place. That's movie's over. And then you guys would have been a happy <laughs> you couple. Guys can just go to that party. Yeah, you guys, yeah, you guys could have gone to the party upstairs. <laughs> the end. <laughs> good notes, Matt. Good notes. <laughs> um, but so you guys are together then, Mama. I'm swollen. Mama, I'm swollen. Definitely. Okay. Unless this new album really excites me, but I mean, well, now we're doing the same thing where we're going to build up expectations. Yeah, and it might not, it might not reach them. You heard the single off of the new album, right? The Barricades one. Mm-mm. It's very cursive. Yeah, I uh, saw the video, yeah, like the little video for it. That's why I thought because I even think that one came out with like two other songs or something, and I was like, am I confusing this? You know what? Keep talking. I'm going to look, but maybe this, maybe that's what I thought. Maybe I thought that was the album. Oh, it's so they the, so the they same cover. so they had released three singles, but sometimes then, on Spotify, when a new single release, they'll have the two in. other yeah, songs yeah. that are on there as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you just thought it was like a three song, yeah, thing. Okay. Yes, I, I don't know. I will. It's called Barricades. Was released. I'm sorry, not Barricades. It was. It's called Get Fixed. Get Fixed. Right. Released October 11th, 2019. Yeah. On Saddle Creek, are they still part of Saddle Creek anymore? No. Now they do their. I think they're releasing they have their, their own, own thing now. Yeah. It, is Saddle Creek even a thing anymore? I thought Saddle, Saddle oh, you know Creek what? started I think under. it was this. I think it was Stranded Satellite, which is an EP by Cursive that came out with same cover. It's the same cover, yeah. It has four songs on it. That's exactly And I think what that's what I thought it was. I didn't realize that it was like a whole flipping album. Oh, how about uh, the difference between houses researcher. and homes? 
that's, totally under the radar. And just well, that's just yeah. um, all of like the early like seven inches like oh, split okay. songs. Okay, and it's like it's all stuff from those first two eras. So it's like that. That makes a lot sounding of sense. cursive. Yeah, 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 like the very abrasive. Yeah. Um, because that was one where I was faster. like, I like this, yeah. but it's not. It's kind of a dud. Like it doesn't land with me. I thought it was a collection of B sides, right? No, early no. EPs. No, but it's compiled. It's, it's all pre Domestica stuff. It's uh, wow. pre pre the breakup, and so. Oh. I mean, they're they're we like, do our research here they, too. Yeah, they are. We came prepared they are today. A good, they're a good band for those two albums, but they're not like a standout. You have to pay attention to us band. I think until they do Domestica, mm-hmm. and then it's like, hey world, check me out, mm. you know. And then I, I that's, that's so it's like that shit's cool, and and I'm it's fine, and I'll like toss it on occasionally, but like Domestica is that's like they're that's like them warm, warming up, yeah, the previous stuff, yeah, and then Domestica is like now we're doing this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they were still finding their sound. They're still figuring out how they're going to make all these noises mm-hmm. make sense. Right. Until Domestica. That's where it really coalesced. And they're like, well, I got this cello. Yeah. yeah. And they're I like, met this girl. Yeah. I got this cellist. That really does change their sound. I mean, it the, does. The, the dynamic of Ugly Organ. I, yeah, I just I could listen to that record every day and find something new. Still, t- And still to this day, it, like, yeah. I've never encountered anybody else who can write lyrics as good as Tim wrote the lyrics on that oh, it's just, album. It's crazy the, how they feed back on yeah. each other and Yeah. He's a smart dude. You don't so meta, so self referential. I I I never knew Brilliant how album somebody art could do that. Also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like nails it. Yeah. God I've wanted that hoodie for my whole life. <laughs> I feel like they're smart. You still have that hoodie? Didn't you have the T shirt? I feel like they had a huge one at one point. And they had the, the, the whole, keyboard going across, or the, the keys the going. The whole thing was the keyboard. Oh, and Now it's shit. like just sort of a small thing. Yeah. But I swear, I'm probably making in, it up. Uh, probably in a dream. In the uh, deluxe edition, which is right sitting there on the table because Matt felt the need to pull out a whole bunch of stuff, there's some really good concept art of what the entire organ looks like. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Wow. And like, That's not that ugly organ. You can one of those feel good about on yourself. It looks like a Shel Silverstein drawing. <laughs> Might be cool. Here. Wow. Greetings from Omaha. They made the New York Times. How about that? Yeah, this was his weird guitar that he would play. This is great podcasting. We're looking at something <laughs> and talking about what we're looking at. You can't see the guitar, but it looks it really looks, weird. If it you have really the deluxe cool. edition of the Ugly Organ at home, that is on page three of the booklet that comes with it. Wow. AV Club right up. Nice. Do we know what the guitar the is? In this room, we don't know. No don't idea. Know. Um, it was a funny shape. Yeah. It's a funny shape guitar. Looks like an Electrolux or like a Rickenbacker. I don't know. Single coil. Connor Ober sings in the Staying Alive choir. Yes, he does. Yeah. yeah. Everyone does. Basically, I think every Saddle The entirety of something. But is Saddle Creek done? Aren't they done? No, they're still a label. They still do. Who do they got? The Faint? That's I, it? They still have The Faint. I think. I think the last <laughs> Faint record was released on them. I think they like you know are searching for new people. I don't Probably, think they're exclusively... Yeah. Yeah. Omaha band anymore. I mean, they weren't really once Rilo Kylie became part of... Or they only did one record with them. They're not like a Saddle Creek band. Yeah. But that was like them finally reaching out to people outside of Omaha. 
Because other than that, everyone was like friends with each other. They went yeah. to the same like prep school with each other. Right. They were brothers of each other. Brothers of each because other. Because Connor's <laughs> older brother is one of the creators of the label. He's right? the one who founded it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like my little brother knows and how then to write a fucking my song. My doppelganger, Mike Migos, was like the producer on everything. Is that where the hip hop group Migos got their name from? I assume so. Cool. It's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. So I'm looking over the tour that they did from January 8th to January 19th. They they traveled and played every day. A full year? No, for for 11 days straight and they went from Chicago to St. Louis. That's what bands did. <laughs> With like no day off in the old days. So I remember that's not, that's not crazy to me. Wait, yeah. I thought you meant they traveled a whole year without at, a break. At one point, not a week and a half before, it was either bef- leading up to and possibly including the release of Frame and Canvas, Braid was on tour. Crack your beer. Uh, Braid was on tour for like a year and a half playing yeah. every night. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that is loop, draining. I mean, that's around the country like three times. The uh, and then like flying to Japan, and then flying to Europe, and then coming back and like doing another leg. It was against me. Against me released a DVD where they were on tour for something like four hundred and twenty days. Yeah. Like obviously they had days off in between and whatnot, but like they were literally out on the road for over a year. Yeah, no breaks. Part of what made I think Japan Droid stop playing together for like four years is that when they were doing celebration rock, they were on tour for like two and a half years. Mm. I mean, you got to be in a specific place in your life, but you gotta, I can't nope, do it. It sounds no right. loved ones. Yeah. yeah. No loved ones. <laughs> can't do it. Except for the people in your band. Yeah. In your van. The, the like people like Anthony green who have like five kids at home and are on the road all the time. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't understand that. I don't, <laughs> but I guess, you know, that's how you pay the bills. If you can make it work, yeah, and that's your day job. And like the younger kids, you can they go with them and they fly into occasional cities to like see you and stuff. Yeah, like I mean that, now but... Matt Pryor always tours with his fucking daughter. I'll tell you, Matt, <sighs> when I went to go I don't were you I think sh- for a hundred bucks Matt Pryor can write you a song for your wedding. He can. Yeah. <laughs> He'll do it for anything. Yeah. He'll just do it for slice a pie. Yeah. <laughs> write me a song. <laughs> um I saw him do a solo show with her and Dan Andriano. Yeah. From did you go to that? I was with you. Yeah. We were there. And they did a Elliot Smith song together. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. It's all right. It was really good. Oh for two. I mean, I... way to be a supportive dad. I'll say that. Yeah. I, I saw I was looking up the other show of Cursive that I saw, which was April thirtieth, two thousand four at the nine thirty club, and there's no set list for that either. I think or... that was the Plea for Peace tour. Remember those that used to come mm, through? Plea come for around? Peace. Plea for Peace. The second time I saw it. Further Seems Forever opened for some, like, metal band, and, oof, did not go well for them. <laughs> the crowd did not take kindly to them. <laughs> Was that when they were on their second singer? Post-Caraba singer, yeah. And they tried to do a Bjork cover, and the metal kids just were not having it. Mm. And I'll never forget, some metal head held up a sign that said keep god out of dc because they were uh they were a christian band when they first came out right. so wow what a, what a rebel rough you th- going you think that's your uh your most perfect example of that kind of situation we've all lived through that of like a band that should not be on a bill trying yeah. to make their way through i'd say that's a pretty good example 
Ooh. The other one that I saw that did not, that the crowd for some reason did not love, the Blood Brothers. That's what it was. Yes. The Blood Brothers opening up for Coheed and Cambria. And, and they didn't like and, the Blood and, Brothers? And they didn't like, they did not like the Blood Brothers at all. Something I bet every single kid that was there is kicking themselves about that now. Yeah. yeah. Did the Blood Brothers open for Cursive? Or, Maybe. Or murder by death. I, I, I thought Rainer Maria. I thought we saw them with Rainer Maria once at the Black Cat. I've never seen Rainer Maria. Um, or if I did, I didn't know. I didn't realize it at the time. Um, Their last record is dynamite. Cool. So, so good. Nice. Um, I like the German poet. Yeah. Yeah. Real key. Yeah. <laughs> I probably mispronounced that. Probably. Um, does that feel like a, a fine, a fine time? Well, it seems like yeah. Do you, you want? I mean, you, have you a, guys you have agreed. An end of episode question. I mean, do you uh, want to ask Matt our usual question? I bet he would have a the usual question. Is probably a good one. Yeah, I'm not, I can't we think need of to any come other up one. With multiple questions. We have. A we few. should have like a a question. You know, like. Do you, you probably don't anymore, but do you ever watch Wheel of Fortune anymore? Oh, yeah. Every night. So at the end of Wheel of Fortune. Right after Jeopardy. They give, it's before. Shh, you're giving it away. <laughs> <laughs> you're ruining the magic. So I know all the answers because I've taped it and then I watch yeah. it. Uh, now they give you like a choice of three things for the final puzzle. So you get to pick like, I want to do names and places. Hmm. Whatever. But anyway, oh, you pick the category. The category. Because people I are getting dumber. like different puzzles to do like you can do the crosswordy one yeah, yeah. or we have no, 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 the no, physical you, challenge right, like, right yeah you get to climb the mountain no yeah. you get to pick what what category yeah. you want to be. but anyway so first I, well before we get into that yeah. the best physical challenge or at least the best challenge on double dare was trying to find the flag inside In the, the giant nose yeah. yeah that was the best anyway uh so late, lately we've been lately I phrase things like the last that. three times. The last, the we've only done two, two times, other two times. times. Right. Uh, that we've Can you that. explain your shirt? Yeah, yeah, sure. So my shirt says, uh, this is, I and, wore, and we'll put it up on the Instagram I page so that people can see. For today, it yeah. says yeah. deport Connor Oberst, but it has a picture of Tim Casher's face on it. Great, uh, and it stems from a show, a Bright Eyes show, or a solo Connor Oberst show. Where someone in the audience held up a sign that said "Deport Connor Oberst" for presumably something that he had done that okay. angered them yeah. or said it might have been a Desaparecido. This is a Desaparecido's shirt, okay? Technically, I think. And so they thought it would be funny to make a shirt of that that had Tim. There's like so many metal levels. There's a lot of yeah. layers, yeah. But uh, and again, a- we'll put it up on the Instagram page so that the fans can see the shirt that he's wearing. Right. So and we'll take some pictures with some records that are not the records we chose right as our last because i only have a cd of that i think i'll hold it um it's no there are no cds in this house oh uh, i don't think we have to go to south boston yeah, pick it up we gotta go to visit <laughs> mom to do that um but so the, the question that we wrap is like uh if you have like a, a time machine or like a tardis something that can transport you to tardis any, is a time machine yeah i know uh, a place machine i guess yeah transport you to any point in time and you can go see a single concert Hmm. What concert? Or you know, so not cursive related, just anything cursive, in general. Just, so anything, you have one chance on to a, see the, the most, whatever concert you've ever wanted to see the most. So on a previous uh, episode, I said I would love to go see the Stones on like the Exile tour. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, on a previous one, Liam has said that he would like to go see Biggie rap on a sidewalk. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, just walking by Biggie, freestyling. Yep. yep. And so uh, wow. 
And uh, our old drummer Tommy was on, and he wanted to go see Green Day when like the 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 riots, the riots happened at the Hatch Show Fest here. or whatever it was. Um, it was before the the mud slinging Lollapalooza. So I can keep just mumbling. Wow. Yeah, I don't. That's a great question. I don't know. I mean. I would have loved to have seen the Us Festival in 1980 because that lineup was pretty insane. Now, which one? What was the Us Festival? The Us Festival. Walk us through it. Was just a big three-day music festival in Fresno, Fresno. California. I want to say, but it was like the Police, U2, Van Halen, The Clash, like Jesus, everybody, <laughs> everybody played it, and I don't know. Gosh, I. I I'm trying. Got got to rack my brain. Maybe cursive on September twenty third, two thousand three. I'd like to go back and see that again. I mean, I'd love to With go back. What I know and, now. Yeah, I'd love I mean, to I go back like and relive going that to this show that you went to. Yeah. Our like third week of school. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like that. That would have been really cool. Like it would have been really cool to see them without knowing who they were. Yeah. Because um, I didn't know. Because some really cute friends, girl that like was like longer. That would be nice. Yeah. We could have gone together, uh, held hands. But like, I saw like Pedro the Lion. The first time I saw Pedro the Lion was at the upstairs at the Black Cat, mm-hmm. and I went knowing I was going to see a band called Pedro the Lion, but I didn't know them. Mm-hmm. And this band came up on stage, and I was like, "Oh man, that band was awesome!" And then I turned to Alicia Coughlin, and I was like, "When's Pedro the Lion coming on?" She's like, "That was Pedro the Lion." <laughs> so like, I got to see them perform and like love the performance and love the band. Mm-hmm without knowing that I needed to love them because I was there to see them. Yeah. It was like a very cool experience. And so like stumbling upon cursive at a show, not knowing like that, that would have been special. Yeah. I don't know. Gosh, I, um, I really, I really don't know. I don't know. The biggie ones are really good. (laughs) (laughs) That's really, I just think about all the assholes I've walked by on the street. Yeah. Who are not as good as biggie. Um, (laughs) Imagine if you just got to sit there and be like three rows deep at that cypher of like, yeah. I mean, I'd love to have seen like a tribe called quest way back in the day. Um, Gosh, I'd love to have seen, like, I just watched uh, a lovely documentary on Amazon um, about the low desert sound. So about Queens of the Stone Age Mm -hmm. and all those bands from the low desert. So I would have liked to have gone and seen Caius play, like, way, way back in the day. Cool. Um, I mean, obviously, I'd love to have seen the Beatles. Sure. Um, so like my, my but any my, instance of the Beatles, would I, you have taken any? Beatles I would have loved show? to have been at the rooftop performance, obviously. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Like I have a list of like bucket list bands that I've wanted to see. So like Zeppelin's yeah. on there. I'll never see Zeppelin because they'll probably never yeah. tour. Uh, the White Stripes were on there. I'll they'll never yeah. tour again. Um, I don't know. I've done I've done a pretty good job of seeing all the bands that I've I wanted to see. Not, yeah. <laughs> definitely dropped the ball on that. Petty, I, I mean, Petty. I saw Petty a couple yeah. times, but only from like very, very, very far away. Um, I saw Bruce Springsteen once when yeah, I graduated high school, but I mean, the last time he toured, which was like a couple we, years ago, we did the River with the River yeah. 30th anniversary tour at the Coliseum, I think, yeah. or yeah, it was at the Coliseum at the Coliseum in LA. in LA. Like minimum tickets were going for three hundred bucks, bucks, and that was yeah. way, way, right. way up in the nosebleed. So yeah. it's like. I don't know. I'd like to see Springsteen again. I mean, is, is it worth it for that type of experience? I, I, no, I have to. I think the next time Springsteen, I've it's told the only Steph, way you get the opportunity. I've told Steph to. the only one like 
it doesn't matter how much it costs, I'm going to pay it, hands down, is Tom Waits. If Tom oh, yeah. Waits ever tours yeah. again, I'll pay $1,000 to see yeah. him. Spring scenes like right up under there, just yeah. because like I've already fucked up not seeing Spring yeah. Springsteen a couple times, and like I could have seen him with the big man and all that, like yeah. way back in the day, and probably had more expendable fucking money than I do now. Yeah, uh, maybe Harry Nilsson back in the '60s because he never toured. Yeah. So like, if he put on a show, would have loved to have seen Nilsson perform. Right. And if you don't listen, if you don't know Harry Nilsson. Do yourself a favor and listen to the Nilsson Schmilson. Is he on uh, Instagram? (laughs) Uh, I think the family of Harry Nilsson, the estate of Harry Nilsson, is on Instagram. Runs an authorized account for him? Yes. Cool. Um, I think Us Festival is a good answer. I I mean, that that sounds familiar to me. I'll pull it up. But I don't. That's like an Uh, 88. It was like sort of like there was all those weird festivals they tried to pull off in the eighties yeah. and all that with Live Aid and all that nonsense. But you don't remember like how like the police and the Clash were on a show together. Yeah, I would never. <laughs> so here, so I'll I'll read off. They did it two years in a row, eighty two and eighty three. Um, so Labor Day weekend, nineteen eighty two, the festival ran for three days in one hundred and ten degree weather. <sighs> <laughs> 36 arrests and 12 reported drug overdoses. Um, and one associated murder of a hitchhiker occurred the day after the event. And the festival lost associated. a reported the uh, uh, the festival lost a reported 12 million dollars. So, anywho, but so Friday but September 3rd, next year. which is why they did it, yeah. Yeah. So Only one more time. So Friday you had Friday September 3rd you had Gang of Four, the Ramones, oh. the English Beat, Oingo Boingo, the B52s, the Talking Heads, the Police. What? Saturday you had Eddie Money, Santana, The Cars, The Kinks, yeah. Pat Benatar, Tom Petty, and The Heartbreakers. Yeah, all right. Okay. And, and, then, and then Sunday, <laughs> you had The Grateful Dead, Jimmy Buffett, Jackson Brown, and Fleetwood Mac. All right. I would have left early. Well, Fleetwood Mac. So that's, okay. So then. But not Fleetwood Mac in the 80s. Not 80s Fleetwood Mac. I mean, is this is this Sweet Little Lies era Fleetwood Mac? Because I would, I would have seen that. But 70s Maybe. Fleetwood Mac. 70s Fleetwood Mac. So then 1983 was uh, Memorial Day weekend. And Saturday, May 28th, you had In Excess, Oingo Boingo, The English Oingo Beat, Boingo. Oh, a, f- it up. a Flock of Seagulls, Stray Cats, Men at Work, The Clash. And that was Mick Jones's last appearance with The Clash. On Sunday, you had the heavy metal crowd, which was Quiet Riot, Motley Crue, Ozzy, Judas Priest, Scorpions, and Van Halen. And then Monday on the 30th, you had Los Lobos, Berlin, U2, The Pretenders, Joe Walsh, Stevie Nicks, David Bowie. And then Saturday, June 4th, they did a a week after. No, those were all solo. And then June 4th, the week after, was Country Day. And you had Hank Williams Jr., Emmy Lou Harris, Alabama, Waylon Jennings, Riders in the Sky and Willie Nelson. So pick a year. I think 1983. 1982 seemed like I would have died of a drug overdose <laughs> or a heat stroke. <laughs> yeah, that's a wow, yeah, that's a trip of a festival. I just listened about uh, the the Spotify podcast on the Clash. Oh yeah, was yeah with hosted by yeah, Chuck yeah, D. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Was it. A good, yeah, good seven hours of fucking entertainment while cleaning yeah. my house. It's kind of. Their accents were really thick in the interviews that they did, so yeah. I was like, "What are they saying?" Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. but they talk about that that festival. Yeah, apparently, I didn't pick up that it was the US festival. Yeah, hmm. but yeah, that would have been a good one. 
I would have loved to have seen The Clash. That was almost where my answer was going for this. Yeah, like, I, I would have loved to have seen The Clash. I'd say. It. Even, yeah. I would have, I don't know if I could, mm, here's, here's, I think I would have rather seen The Mescaleros. Here's, here's what I, I think, actually, you know what? I think I got another one. Springsteen at the Apollo, the Hammersmith Odeon mm-hmm. Apollo, 1975, before Born to Run came out in London. That's like a, he like, previews tracks from Born to Run, oh. but apparently in the crowd was like Pete Townsend of the Who, Joe Strummer was in the crowd, so like, that's a show. You could be bumping into people. Yeah, you want yeah. to have elbows yeah. Yeah. on that night. Yeah. And maybe still die of a drug overdose. Uh. Or heat stroke. Heat, yeah. <laughs> well, if it's a small club, you could die of a heat yeah. stroke in there. Yeah. Well, that's a good answer. So yeah. you got another one queued up? No. You can't think of anything? No, I... Sh- no. I... Oh, what's what do we think Cursive's best record is? Ugly Organ? I don't even know if I could place it. Yeah. I think so. I D- often waffle back and forth between Ugly Organ and Domestica. Domestica. Yeah. yeah. Um... Do I have another another show? Uh, no, I don't know. I knew this was going to come up, and I probably should yeah. have thought of it since I'm the one that brought it up. <laughs> um, I would say uh, I don't know. Do you? Well, I mean, any. I mean, you're wearing a Bowie shirt. Any Ziggy Stardust shows you would have liked to have seen? I can't pinpoint any of those, and I think. Oh, I'd love to have seen Prince. I would have loved to have seen. Yeah, at like. A club at like the First Avenue in Minneapolis in like 1979. Sure. I would have loved to have seen Prince. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen. Uh, and this is just thinking about a famous tour, but I would have liked to have seen uh, the Beastie Boys when they opened for Madonna. Oh, cool! I think that's what I'm going with. Yeah. That would be because I would have loved cool. to have seen the Beastie Boys. Anyways, I never got the chance, and uh, well, I had a chance to see them at the Garden. Fucking when I was probably like 14 and didn't mm. go. And just, uh, I remember thinking like, ah, oh, the Beastie Boys will always be around. Right. Um, but yeah, like that's a big bummer. I mean, like, they were for many, many more years. For many more years, yeah. But now there's no chance of that mm. happening. But yeah, I think like, uh, just technology the, the stories, I no, ugh, never would. <laughs> you can't Michael replace Jackson MCA opening for Prince that. and David Bowie. Um, but yeah, that seems like Tupac. a fun, a fun one because like nobody fucking wanted them to play mm. and they were still on that like sort of frat boy piece of shit phase, mm. which I mean, eventually, yeah, they sort of disavowed, but I think it would have been funny to see them. Like it sounds like they were just drinking too much, spraying each other with fucking super soakers for the shit and like pee and all that stuff. <laughs> I would I think that one would have been a fun one to see. <laughs> Beastie boys open it for Madonna. I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. And I, Madonna at the height of her fame. Yeah. Right. I would love to yeah, see that. Yeah, I don't. Lucky I don't Star? Know. Can't touch that shit. No, you can't. I don't. I don't. Borderline. Have, I don't have oh, one. Nothing. Nothing. Saddle Creek related. Nothing. No. No Rage Against the Machine. Opening I mean, it would for be dope. It would be dope to like, because one of the best shows I've ever been to um, was like, at this point, maybe like. Four or five years ago, when I was living in L.A., I went down to San Diego for my birthday to see The Faint play Dance Macabre oh, mm-hmm. cool. in its entirety. Fuck mm-hmm. yeah. To see them, because and that was just like, like I'm I'm not old, but I, there comes a point in a, in a show-going experience, and we were talking about this, Matt, the other day, where I'm like, yeah, cool, I'm, I'm ready to go home. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. where I, I don't need to be standing yeah. for like three hours right. listening to a band. And that show, watching them play that album is like a time where that didn't happen to me. Like it yeah. was such a fun, energetic, energetic show that I was just like happy to be there and would continue to watch them play. So if I could see them play that album when it came out and like a small club, right. mm-hmm. I think that would be pretty dope. Yeah. So just, let's just to be like on brand with the Saddle Creek idea. Let's touch on that. Get a little bit into that. Because we were talking about how we only listen to bands now for an X amount of time. Like, I can't sit and listen to one band for an hour and a half in one sitting. Mm. So when we go to a show, or when mm-hmm. I go to a show now, after about 45 minutes, get I'm a just like, yeah, I yeah. get it. Yeah, I get what they're trying to do. Yeah, This is cool. And then... Yeah, it's tough. I left like five songs in to avoid one thing. I mean, I, I had to make the train home, mm. too, but I was mm. also like, yeah, they played all the ones I like already. Yeah, yeah. I've done that before. <laughs> yeah. So I don't... It's I'm good. It's crowded. Everybody's trying to pack in. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't. I can listen to a band for more than an hour and a half nowadays. I mean, I've been listening really? to Cursive for like eight hours straight. Yeah. yeah. To lead up to this, and it actually was pretty cool. I don't listen to enough music nowadays. I have too many podcasts. Right. Mm. And now we just added one. Too. Right. So. Well, not really. <laughs> not that well, I'm gonna listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> No, I hate my, the sound of my recorded voice. Uh, but yeah, I think that's one of the points of this, I think, is going back and having a, an excuse to listen to whole albums, listen to an entire discography. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope that everyone out there in listening land has joined in. Yeah, Matt, do you have any... Uh, final thoughts? Well, sure, no. final thoughts. Uh, but then on the on the back end of your final thoughts, any uh, things of yourself that you'd like to promote? Sure. To our to our so, audience of four. Uh yes, hello everybody out there. Uh in <laughs> radio land. Yeah. In podcast <laughs> land. Yeah. There's music, Matt Francis. Song's called Fire. It's on all streaming platforms. Follow me on Instagram at Matt Francis Music. Um and if you do, there's a link to the music. Um Final thoughts on the band Cursive. Well, I wish them continued success and I hope this new album is very good. I, from listening to them again, uh, I'm gonna plan on seeing them in in January in California. So, yeah. um, and that'll be nice. That'll could be a nice little stroll down memory lane. Nostalgia. We're, only, um, we're wait, what year are we in? It's 2019. It's 2019. So we're one year away from the 20th anniversary of Domestica. So maybe we'll get like. I'll we'll definitely get. A dom- fucking tour about a, it. A domestica tour. <laughs> a domestica tour or like a repressing with a whole bunch of bonus content. Yeah, that would be fun. I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, I thought that it'd be with the Ugly Organ, but like a, a video compendium of the tour as mm. well, you know? Um, yeah. Maybe I could find myself in the crowd. Because I was in the front row with the Black Hat. Yeah. And Upstairs? Uh, main stage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, the Black Cat is like a reverse of the Middle East. So, like, okay. the first. The, the big part. Yeah, and the yeah. first floor is like a tiny little like, bar room space. Yeah, yeah. So right. Flipped it. So, they headlined, and yeah, again, I, I had no idea who they were. And mine. You are listening. Blown. Do you remember who the later? girl was that introduced you? Or are you? Of course, you? I do. Do you want uh, to say it on air? 
I mean, if she's listening, what's up, Katie Friel? Uh, <laughs> you're still the coolest person I've ever met. So, so. weird. If yeah. That's how you reconnected with her. <laughs> yeah. I heard you on a podcast. I, I mean, I remember her being a fan too, because I, I huge fan. She was a huge curse. She fan. had the the uh, the Pinocchio cursive shirt. Yeah. From that, I remember it. Yeah. yeah. She really she convinced cool. me. I was. I was. I'm sure she still is cool. Yeah. I was kind of poo pooing about it. Was like on the fence, didn't really want to go, and she she convinced me, and I guess I owe her for forever, right? For that, so and and I in turn do as well. Yeah. So Katie, if Thank you're listening, you. I hope all is well in Austin, and uh, we owe you. So cool. Yeah. Cool. Does that feel like a good place to stop? Feels like a great place I to think stop. That's the end. Great. So we'll uh, be back in seven months. With, with Ruby and Cool. Episode, with our next episode. with our next episode. Three it's technically two. Yeah, technically two. But what are what are some other what are some other bands that you guys might have coming up? Well, besides curveballs that aren't yeah. on the list already. We I have... like this idea though. I mean, I know that we have our list of the bands that we want to cover. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm kind of warming up to the idea of like people that we want to talk to. Yep. And then them telling us Absolutely. who they want to who they want to do. Yeah, it works. We're gonna talk about the Get Up Kids at yeah. some point. Weezer, Weezer, obviously, mm-hmm. where this the whole reason thing. why this that's started. gonna be a quick one. It's real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, you can't find anyone to defend anything after Pinkerton. Yeah. Jeez. So like, <laughs> they still teeth. put out records and they still tour, right? All they the just, they just, um, they just made their own island in Fortnite, <laughs> right? So they sake. just, they just put out a new song recently called Van Weezer, right? Uh, and they, and it was. <laughs> On the same day, We're in the wrong time. On the same day, Weezer, Green Day, and Fallout Boy all released a new single to promote this, yeah. like Monsters of Rock tour that they're going on, and like Weezer still tours and like headlines festivals, but for the life of me, I, I can't find a fan of that I, yeah, band I don't know because we're why, not yeah. the age demographic anymore. It's because like, I saw, so I saw last time I saw Weezer, so right. back in the day. Mm-hmm. We went to go see. We them. Almost ended it. Yeah, we were almost <laughs> out of here. All right, Rock Weezer back up again. <laughs> Bonus content. Uh, I used to see them like all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, between we saw them a lot. Once, for a few once years. they came back around in like 2000, leading up to the release of the Green album. Yeah, I saw them probably like four or five, six times in like the next two to three years. Yeah, because every time they came through, I went to go see them. The Maladroit came out, and I like started to like tail off on that but like god it's so bad i saw them so then i didn't see them for like 15 years or whatever and i saw them at boston calling like two years ago you see this year's end i did well just the first two no one's interested in the red hot chili peppers i'm sorry um but come to california they they lost (laughs) so much money on that last year yeah because no day sold out that oh, they're hoping shit. if they say like two of the three nights are going to be these bands that people will advance by those three day passes because they're cheaper, right? And you can guarantee that you'll get to see these two bands. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna fucking happen. But anyway, so I saw Weezer and they played like probably between let's let's give them a little bit of breath and give them the first three albums. Okay. Because that was like the third album is the green album. Is the green album? Okay. Which. Is an okay album. Mm-hmm. It, it's fine. It's fine. I loved Mikey. He he was he was the only good thing about a post Matt Sharp Weezer. Yep. But they played 
you know, probably like a 20 song set at this festival. Yeah. Maybe like four or five songs were from 2000 or earlier. And then everything else. Everything else is new. Was, and, it's it, my and, it, and it was like cover, <laughs> they did like two or three covers, <laughs> which just sound like the originals. They're not like adding like the whole cover album they just put out. Yeah, the teal Ugh. record. Yeah, whatever it's, it is. Yeah. Oh, gosh, Some of just it's like note it for note. Like we get it. You can yeah. play the instrument. Jeez. <laughs> just give it up. Um, but they have is, enough money. My point is, is that this is like we as as people who and we're also like second wave Weezer people. We're not old enough to have like been the people because we were we were yeah, 10. 94. We were yeah, 10 yeah. when yeah. the first record yeah. came out. We weren't... Well, I was 10 when Dookie came out and Dookie was huge for me. Right, but you also weren't going to those shows. No. Right? It was people who were yeah. like... Oh, I want to change my answer. Woodstock 99 <laughs> for the riots. Six or seven Limp years <laughs> older them. than us. You know. Yeah, like yeah, people who are yeah, like yeah. 16, 17. They're even older. Who, yeah. yeah right. So they're not going to see Weezer. The people no. who are going to see Weezer now are like people who, like maybe when like Ratitude came out or like Hurley. Yeah. Well, that's like the, really that's that whole podcast. The into other podcast. That. Yeah. Right. You know what we should do? What's with these homies dissing my Weezer or something? Yeah. Whatever that. You know what we should do? We should have a follow up podcast where we go to the. So like this tour that they're going to be on with Fallout Boy mm-hmm. and, and Green Day, we we go and we make it like a heavy metal parking lot kind of thing. But we interview people. Yeah. Um, why are you? Why here? are you here? That's right? the end of the show. Why? Yeah. Why are you here? <laughs> why are Why are you here to see Weezer? Yeah. Like, defend Weezer post Pinkerton. Yeah. I that mean, there was the that one... there was that skit on SNL last season yeah, where they talked about yeah, that was Weezer. With Matt Damon, right? The yeah, num- with Matt Damon. The yeah. number of people who sent me a link to that. <laughs> 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 I had to shut down my Facebook. Ridiculous. <laughs> yes, I was getting like uh, direct messages on Instagram and texts <laughs> and Facebook comments. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure we can find somebody who is a fan of later stuff. Our former drummer Rick. Mine and I mean, and there's Matt's still yeah. Liked like I liked the Scott the, didn't, the white Scott, album. Scott didn't get into Weezer until the Green Album. Yeah, so he still defends that, but the, I don't think he goes anywhere beyond that. That's fine. It's still a, a <laughs> it's still a, a something different than I might say. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we could have it's a still a take. <laughs> we can still have a bit of discussion there, but I'll be honest, like. When I listen to that album, and I rarely do, like if I'm queuing it up at work, mm-hmm. I take out Hash Pipe and Island in the Sun. Oh, it's mm. nonsense. Because yeah. those two songs Too much, are yeah. garbage. Yeah. And then I'm reminded that most of the rest of it is- Are okay. Do. Yeah. Have they had a hit since Beverly Hills? Like a, like a song that like took over the nation? Yeah. Yeah, it was their cover of uh, Oh Africa this <laughs> summer. Do you, need, yeah. do you need a hit after Beverly Hills? Mm. I mean, How long ago was Beverly Hills? Like it's crazy that, to think that's like probably like ten years old. Was that on make believe? Yeah. Beverly Hills is like almost ten years old. We which were, is we were crazy. still in college when Make Believe came out. So that was like two thousand seven. Now we gotta fact check it. To the internet. I think I think when we do eventually get to uh Weezer that you will probably Liam will probably bring up that song exploder episode. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, yeah. And Holy like shit. because he doesn't, he's Beverly got like, Hills was in two thousand five. Really? Fuck. 
that <laughs> that's almost 15 years 15. old that's make believe yeah right? yeah um holy shit i mean i know he's like a like a weird he's wacky. like yeah, yeah, mathematical yeah. Right. person yeah and even like in the early days, he was like, "This is how Nirvana and the Beatles write songs." And so, yeah. if I follow this same algorithm, right. I'll be able to make successful songs. And then it like doesn't. There's like lacks like. Then it just became about that. Now it's just the program, yeah. right? It, it's just like no let me feeling. It's, it's a Mad Lib yeah, yeah. in his brain, right? That's exactly how he's done it. Yeah, and he it has things broken way down less by syllable and being like, "Okay, oh, I need a line that's angry. eight syllables long." Here we go. We're just going to cut this into two episodes. I just, yeah, it just, who listens to that band? Like, who, like, again, like, so this is, this was my point. Though. Like, new Weezer records coming out. Let me, gotta, gotta, I, get in line I'm, now. Gonna, I'm gonna get in line for I, Newberry I don't, Comics. I don't think they're 35 to 40 year old. I don't think there's fucking 15 year olds listening to Weezer now but it, either. Is though. there someone? Is there an audience for Weezer? Is that's it, is it people? That's our next podcast. It's an invest, mid, investigatory podcast. Mid twenties, maybe. I don't, I don't know. think so. I think we should stop. The fact that they, <laughs> the fact that they did the Fortnite thing like leads me to believe that there has to be like they're, a contingent of seventeen year old young kid, even younger kids with no taste. I think like yeah, Weezer. You have to get at like thirteen to like sixteen, and then once you get there, is that the perfect age? No matter when you learn about Weezer? Yeah. I think that's the perfect age to be introduced to. That's what defines your musical taste. I was probably 14, maybe. So it would have been like 98. Two albums would have been out. Yeah. Uh, My cousin Brendan gave me the Blue Album as a birthday present. Yeah. And I listened to it, and I was like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) It's got a harmonica mm-hmm. and an acoustic guitars, and I just want to listen to Rancid mm-hmm. all day long, and I hate it, and I put it away. And then I slept over his house once, and he, he just kept playing Say It Ain't So on <laughs> loop, <laughs> and he was like playing guitar it's a good song. along it's a good with song. it. And yeah. then I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. And then here we are. And then it was all downhill. Yeah, I mean, it, for like me, because it was like I was in the hole. Yeah, yeah. I I like needed to download every like live concert that I could get a bootleg of mm-hmm. on like Napster. I had. They all... were an interesting band to get into at that age because they have. They were so good. All of their B sides, but they from have, those first two like a records are better than everything else them. they ever put like, out. And, and like, you're listening like a... to should have been their last cursive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we can cut this and no, that's sandwich fine. it into like cut a... a I, for me, it was you couldn't escape the Buddy Holly music video when yeah. I was growing up. Right. Like, it came on the first computer I ever owned. That was like really? one of the programs. It's like a preloaded was like program? Ninety window like Winamp 95 huh. I remember automatically Winamp. played Buddy Holly. Wow. And then you had a video game where you could be a car driving through a zoo. I think the story of falling in love with, with Weezer... Is the story of like the booming of the internet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did come around. Uh, well, not that they came around, but for us. But sort of, yeah, like high school transitioning out of like AOL dial-up and like yeah, Napster, Kazaa. Who was the first band you found that you felt like you had found them, like, and nobody else? Mm. Nobody else knew yeah. about them. Yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, I think that they're probably because I remember trying to do that as a kid, being like, "Oh, I'll get this band that nobody's mm. ever heard of." Nobody ever liked it because it was always emo and like. Sure. God. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't that because obviously it was introduced to me mm-hmm. again by my cousin Brendan, but I felt like the Promise Ring was not a band that I knew other people listened to. That's a good one. I and think I, you probably introduced me to. Brendan and I Ring. loved them. Yeah. I mean, I named a band after a line from one of their songs. Yeah, yeah. No, they're a good band. But but that was a band that, like, I was given a CD. You should listen to this. Nobody else, and probably also, like, Cave-In. It took me a long time to learn that other people listened to Cave-In. Yeah. yeah. Um, but those were bands that I loved their music, and nobody else around me was talking about them mm-hmm. for whatever reason. You? I, don't know, I felt like, I felt that way about cursive. Yeah, certainly. Same. I remember like going out and finding them on R- my reminder own. of the episode. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> um, you're listening to. And then I mean, like for me, it was different because like with everybody else that we grew up with, stuff got handed down easily from Rich and Skip and all. Yeah, and older, we, everybody sort of heard punk and all that stuff. You sort of grew out of like oh, seeing it in the CD booklet or whatever. So. But, like, all of those second or third wave emo bands, like, Get Up Kids and, I mean, Cursive to a Lesser Degree and all those bands that, like, I sort of ended up liking, but maybe nobody else really ended up liking. That was a lot of those instances of, like, I'm going to go and find this fucking band. Right. And nobody's heard of them. Um, And then it wasn't until senior year of high school where I started hanging out with other kids who, like, had that interest in music, too. Right. Cursive, Cursive, maybe yeah. Pretty Girls Make Graves, back. something like that. I don't know. But I didn't know anybody else who really listened to them other than you. Right. Um, I them because I knew them for you. Yeah. From you. So I don't know. That's another great question. I don't. That'll be another show. Yeah. All right. Weezer probably. Wrap it. Yeah. Wrap it. Well, thank you very much for, yeah, hey, for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Matt for flying in from Los yeah. Angeles to do this podcast. Specifically. Only uh, for this one. We all know art is hard. Art is hard. Support local music. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Listen to uh, Fire on Spotify. Yeah, Fire yeah, Gotta get Matt those Francis. streams up. Boom, boom. I'm only about 1.2 billion behind <laughs> Post Malone. So... <laughs> Every, every listen helps. Yeah. Um, your outro music is, again, provided by... Uh, the pretty flowers thanks guys uh, i'll see you in la sometime yeah good man check them out goodbye bye thanks Adios. goodbye art is hard goodbye <laughs> some redheaded sleight of hand headed handed <laughs>